This month's podcasts are sponsored by Aubergine Legal. Do you sometimes worry that your business isn't meeting all its legal compliance requirements and wonder if you're ticking all the legal boxes? Are you losing sleep worrying about a piece of legislation that you may or may not be complying with? Perhaps you need some help with your client contracts or your data protection compliance. Or maybe you're worried that your website doesn't have the right documents or legal notices in the right place. Perhaps you have a brand that you want to protect with a trademark. How about if you could outsource it all and eliminate all of your worries? If so, then get in touch with Aubergine Legal, a friendly commercial legal consultancy offering practical and clear commercial legal advice without the overwhelming legal jargon, taking the worry away and helping you to protect your business and minimise your risks. Aubergine offers a free 30-minute consultation if you have any questions or want to find out if they can help. And you can access this link and book your free 30-minute call via the link in the show notes. Welcome to the Bring Your Product Ideas to Life podcast. Practical advice and inspiration to help you create and sell your own physical products. Here's your host, Vicky Weinberg. Hi, so today's guest has a great story to tell as she sells her products as a side business. Day to day, she's a film and TV agent, but she's had success selling her products both to retail and wholesale. She still sells on Not on the High Street and Scribbler online today. And in fact, her Christmas cards were in Scribbler stores nationwide a couple of years ago. So I won't say any more. Instead, I'd like to introduce you to Christina Pickworth. Hi, Christina. Hello. Hello. Good morning. Morning. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Very excited to be on today. Thank you. So can we start by you telling us a little bit about yourself and your business? And I know that you have your main business as well as this mama does. So could you talk about them both a bit, please? Yeah, so um, I've been working in the film and television industry for oh a long time now, um, more than 15 years. Um, and that's something that I I still do it's still my main business um but when I had my children um I don't know I I I I think as a as a new mum you can feel a bit invisible um and everything is about the baby and the children um and while they are wonderful you don't stop being a person in your own right just because you've become a mother uh and yeah I've just felt a little bit lost and I think your perspective changes when you when you have children and my my job in film and television has always been about storytelling and I felt that my story was getting lost in in all the motherhood stuff so one day um I remember it was very tiring day my eldest was two and a half my youngest was about five months we were potty training um he also had chicken pox she wasn't sleeping um and I kind of sank back onto the sofa about sort of 4 15 looked at the clock and thought you know is it too early to have a wine um and that was when I just kind of had a bit of a light bulb moment and you know I'd seen baby milestone cards where you know you you see your your people on Facebook post a picture of their baby with a card saying you know I did xyz today and maybe you think that's cute or maybe you roll your eyes um and I just thought what about me what about my story um and I wanted to come up with something that was for parents 
uh, mothers initially, uh, where you could just put a little SOS out into the world with um, a smile where there might otherwise be a bit of a, a bit of a meltdown, to be honest. <laughs> and that was when I came up with my baby milestone range, which isn't for the babies, it's for the mums. So that was when this mama does started, is that right? Was that like yeah, your first that product? Was, that was my first idea um, and I had the idea and I launched three weeks later. That's amazingly quick. So how did you get in that in those three weeks? What did you actually do to come up with? So you had this idea to actually be able to have something to sell three weeks later. What did you do? So I, I came up with the first few cards very easily. Um, I I don't know. I just went for it, really. I think there's a lot to be said for taking your time and thinking things through and getting things absolutely perfect. But also, I think there's a lot to be said by just diving headfirst in and getting something done, getting something going. Um, I came up with the name, This Mama Does, and yeah, I just sort of went for it, just went for it and didn't know what was going to happen, how they'd be received, whether or not it'd be a flash in the pan or something bigger. But um, yeah, I just put myself out there and gave it a go. I, I agree I think there's a lot to be said for actually just getting out there and doing something because you can and I'm sure and I'm sure you have changed refined things all of that can be done but you need you just need to start somewhere don't you yeah and, and actually in that first pack I did change one card but that's but otherwise and I changed a tiny piece of the design um on later iterations of it but otherwise it's exactly the same as it's as it's always been so uh you you can get it pretty pretty right first time sometimes yeah that's yeah that's amazing and um so practically so let's get so you write all the cards I assume so you write all of the text what about things like design um is that something you do as well or so I'm very lucky to have a husband who is a graphic designer. So yeah. he physically designs uh, everything, but to my instructions um, or not sometimes. And then, <laughs> then he gets very frustrated with me because I'm like, can you just do it? Like I said, the first time around. <laughs> um, so yeah, he, he, you know, I don't know how to use InDesign or anything. So he physically does them for me, but to quite firm instructions. Wow. That, that also explains how you were able to do it so quickly as well, actually, partly yeah. because, yeah, you had someone there. So that's, that's very handy. And then, so you write them, he designs them. And then did you just go and find a local printer or something to get them actually printed? Yeah. So he had um, print connections anyway. So from that point of view, getting up and running was very quick and easy um and you know that that was lucky for me you know I didn't have to source fabric or factories or anything like that so uh yeah mine was a very a very easy product to get off the ground quickly yeah and I guess having sort of you know having a printer your husband's really new and that sort of thing definitely helps yeah, I think that's fantastic. And how many, if you don't mind me asking, did you do like a big print run first of all? Or did you start quite small? That's a good question. I can't remember. I think I probably did a hundred packs. Um, I think I probably did about a hundred packs. 
you know um I didn't have any set up cash other than paying for those um but yeah just kind of went for it I think you know it's always tricky isn't it with quantities because there's always the balance of you want to give it a go and you want to try something out but equally things get very expensive if you don't order very many so a hundred was it's not very many really in the grand scheme of things but felt like a good starting point yeah and I I think you're right I mean it's not so many that you're going to have and and they're not big either it's not so many you're going to have boxes and boxes sitting around but yeah it's a good I think it's a good quantity sort of test whether you know whether the, the idea's got legs and whether they're going to sell so how did you get those first sales then so as soon as I had the idea I and I'd come up with the name I started social media accounts uh, and that was how I, I sold them um, in the beginning and still mainly sell them to be honest although I'm not very salesy on my social media I'm not very good at that but uh, yeah just mainly through Instagram was how I how I started selling uh and it was I think it was it felt like it was easier to grow social media back then than it is now I think it's I think it can be a bit harder but it it seemed to do all right for me so in those early days it was good oh and that was 2016 is that right so yes that's right yeah it's four years ago yeah, I can't even think back like what social media was like back then. I don't know about you. I, I can't even cast my mind back four years, but I'm sure yet yeah, that it probably wasn't as busy as it is now. I don't know. But I guess then you were also a bit of a disadvantage. Is it were did you have like Instagram shops and things then? Possibly not right away. No, there weren't any of those kind of gizmos and tools. But then I mean I'm I'm a bit rubbish at it, really. I, I don't really use any of those. <laughs> anyway so I'm not sure uh I'm not sure that they'd have made any difference to me at that point that's interesting so do you have a website I presume as well well I know you have have, well I know you have a website because you have your blog on on there as well yeah I have a website um and yeah I mean occasionally I'll put some things on Instagram now um but I'm I'm I don't really push the the sales um which I should do but it's all time isn't it it's all creating content and trying to make it interesting and relevant for your audience so it's something that I could definitely be better at I'm assuming though and this is an assumption I don't know that it sounds like it's a sort of product where it's possibly a lot there was a lot of word of mouth involved as well so somebody gets them they post a picture on their Facebook and then somebody says where did you get those and then goes from there (laughs) yeah I think that's probably true um they are designed to be used on social media so there's a little there's certainly a little bit of that that they're sort of self-advertising if you like well that's amazing and actually before we um move on can you tell us just for fun really and because I'm very curious can you tell us about some of the milestones you've got on your cards just for fun yes so um so in the baby range I have things like send gin um which is always a popular one sponsored by coffee um see these are the ones that kind of I always use the most there's a baby for sale one which is very tongue-in-cheek we've all had those moments where you just want to put your baby on ebay because they won't stop crying not really of course but you know what I mean um yeah all sorts really there's and there's lots of ranges now so um 
different things, different stages of parenting. I have a, a daddy range and then I've there's a pregnancy range. So I miss booze. That's a fun one on there. Um I I I didn't really enjoy being pregnant for lots of reasons, but definitely missed um my wine. <laughs> what should I say? So how did the um range expand? So was it were you coming up with new ideas or were people sort of asking for, for things? Which way around did it come? So I so I launched in the May and I did have some ideas for some other possible ranges, but it was actually not on the high street that was the catalyst for me actually coming, so sitting down and coming up with the new ranges because I applied to them online uh, and initially I was actually knocked back uh, and the feedback that I had was that you know I only had one pro- product and that's not enough to, to be not on the high street they need you to have a range of products and so that really focused my mind into coming up with some others um, so then I came up with the oh now you're asking um, I came up with the, the pregnancy range and the kid range, I think, um, were the two that I came up with. Uh, and then I saw that they were advertising for a pitch-up day. And I managed to get the last slot to go and pitch to them, which felt very serendipitous. And I went along and I took my three products. Uh, and they signed me up within about three minutes, which was amazing uh, and they said that they would like me to do a daddy range so um and I, I'd had some ideas about doing that already but um it was them asking because their their main customers are well women so um it makes sense uh because that's who's shopping so and the daddy range is my most popular best-selling range on not on the high street that's amazing. And um, when you were saying about the pitch day, I almost asked the question, was it in person? Because, of course, now nothing's in person. But I'm assuming <laughs> it, it was. You went along somewhere to meet them. It was. I went along to their offices and met someone lovely um, who, yes, signed me up straight away. Is that part of their process or can you just apply online? Because I'll be honest, I don't know much about Not on the High Street. And I'd love to learn a little bit more about that from you, if that's OK. Yeah, so you can apply online. And I think um, lots of people can be successful that way around. That it wasn't the way for me. um, But the pitch up days, I think they do. I don't know how often they do them, maybe twice a year or something. Obviously, it'd be different right now. And maybe they won't continue with them going forward. But there is something nice about getting to see a product in person. I think if you're applying online, then one thing to consider is your range because they really do look for that. Uh, And they also love kind of personalization options, uh, which I don't have, uh, but which they is a big part of their business. So things to consider if you're thinking about applying. And I guess as well, that's the benefits of applying in person, whether it, or, or maybe they're doing it online now, I don't know. It's also, I guess when you're writing an application that, you know, you need to think really carefully about how you word that as well, because they must get so many applications and because they can't see you or your products. Yeah, I guess that's something to really think about before submitting. 
Yeah, and I and I think even if you submit and you don't get in, then don't let that put you off because I didn't let it put me off, and you know I've been selling on there for for four years now. So, and it sounds like they gave you the first time as well. They were they did give you like a constructive reason why they weren't taking on your products because you say they said you didn't have a big enough range. So that sounds really positive as well that at least they were willing to give you a reason, and then you then had something actionable you could do because you really if that was a channel you really wanted to go for um at least you knew what you needed to do yeah absolutely yeah you know if you if you're in a position to ask for feedback do ask for feedback and you know some there might be some things where there's nothing you can do you know if they're saturated with that particular kind of product something like that then you know that's unfortunate but if there is something you can do then do listen to the feedback and see if you can change their mind and so how do you find selling on the on the high street is it a good channel for you is it somewhere that you'd recommend to others yeah I mean I always I always you know kind of sell on there I probably don't maximize everything that's available to me as a not on the high street seller they have all sorts of um community groups for people local to you that are also not on the high street sellers um They also have various kind of uh, information and tips and things that you can access. But I haven't really ever made the most of those, which I should. I should. But there's just not enough hours in the day. Um, As you said at the start, this is something that I do on the side. So, you know, it can be difficult to maximize your business when it's not your main gig yeah, absolutely. So while we're on the subject of that, so how is sort of the split between your two businesses? So sort of percentage wise? So I would say it's probably, uh, I don't know, like 99% not <laughs> this mama does. Um, the, the biggest amount of this mama does that I do is my social media, um, which I've already said I don't sell very much on (laughs) anymore (laughs) so uh yeah not very much I don't focus much attention on it really which is a shame because I enjoy it but uh yeah I mean I did I did throw a bit more time uh behind it in the beginning um but I mean I've always my my main business is my own business as well so I I always work really long hours anyway um and you fit things in and you get stuff done uh but yeah not not very much so you have to kind of really consider what it is that you're gonna spend your time on when I am gonna do some this mama does stuff um yeah it's hard yeah it does sound though like you've you know you've put in the work obviously to create your products and they're available to sell on and we can talk about where else you sell them in a moment so but it sounds like if you you know the products are there and they're you know you're selling them then presumably though that you don't have to be putting in as much time as you did at the beginning anyway because it sounds like you know you're you're set up on various places and the sales happen um is that fair to say that you, you probably don't need to spend as much time as you did in the beginning well, I mean, I think the more time you put in, the more you sell. Yeah. Is the reality. Yeah. But, you know, I just have to live with that. That's just the way it goes. <laughs> That's just the way it goes. Yeah. And, you know, when I do do a salesy post, um, you know, that helps sales. There's no two ways around it. Um, 
and I should do I should do more especially this year where finances are particularly bleak um but you can let you can only do what you can do and then you just have to make your peace with that Absolutely. And I guess that's my point, really, is not to give yourself too much of a hard time for it. Because one of the things about having a products business that is good is that once you get to a certain point, you can be making sales without doing too much. And of course, to your point, if you decide to put in a bit more effort, whether that's with your marketing or social media, then your sales you know, will go up. But if you haven't got the time to do that, hopefully you've still reached like a base level where it's, you know, it's still worth having the business still ticking over um you don't necessarily need to work on it every single day yeah and I think I think you're completely right because then it becomes more of a passive income stream and let's face it all income streams are good um you know and and that can go up and down but it's always still worth having even if it's more down than up and it sounds like that like you enjoy this as well which I think is another 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 reason to do something if if you enjoy creating the products and then you know why not yeah I mean I think I I do really enjoy the social media and and I was quite late to Instagram I kind of had started on Instagram just just before I came up with the idea um and I kind of wish I'd done it earlier because it makes complete sense for me and my background, my storytelling background, because it is basically words and pictures. uh, And I love that about it. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think it, for me, it's, it is fun. Uh, It has opened up my life to lots of other possibilities that I wouldn't have had. Um, I started it at a moment where I felt very lonely and lost as a new mum. And I really think it it helped me so much in that respect that it it's kind of a thing that if I never sold another product, then it it's done so much more for me than just being about the products and the sales. Well, that's amazing. And by the way, I think your Instagram's brilliant because it's just yeah, I like it's so lighthearted and fun and. It's a really you. nice account to follow. So I will link to it in the show notes. I think everyone should go and look at Christina's Instagram account because it's just, yeah, it's a happy place. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I, I try to be happy. Sometimes I'll, uh, not always, <laughs> but I'm always honest. And I think that's that's important. Yeah, I think so. And I think I think you're right. But I think, yeah, even when things are, are hard, I don't know, there's, there's something about just, I don't know, there's you can things can be hard and you can be honest but still be kind of what's the right word just just I don't know light maybe even when things are heavy does that make sense yeah absolutely and I think that's really I think that's really nice I think we all need a bit of positivity online at the moment don't we um yeah anyway that's a bit of a that was I'm digressing slightly there aren't I so um let's go back to your products and talk a bit more about where you sell them other than not on the high street because I know that you've mentioned that you've sold wholesale as well as directly to customers so it'd be interesting just to talk about that and how that came about please yeah so uh the way that I I launched doing wholesale really was through a trade show so I I think this would have been the trade. So the first trade show I did was Pulse, which now doesn't happen anymore, or it's sort of been absorbed by Top Draw. 
but I was in the the sort of the new maker section of Pulse. And the year that I did that, Pulse was in May. And obviously I set up my business in May. So I think that was when I was one year old. One year old. Um, and yeah, I, I don't know. I It's nerve wracking doing trade shows because they cost a really big chunk of money and you don't know how they're going to go. But I, again, I just went for it, decided to give it a try and it went really well, actually. I mean, you, it's, it can be quite difficult with trade shows because, you know, you get, you get hopefully sales while you're there, but also hopefully more sales after it. Uh, and the first, that was the first one I did. I've done a couple now. Um, and yeah, got loads of, got loads of wholesale orders and it was a really good experience for me. So you mentioned that Squibbler were one of the places that were selling your products. Is that right? So how did you? Yeah. So ex- sorry, you go. That well, they so that first trade show was when they first sort of became aware of me. Um, and then it was when I did my next trade show, which was Top Draw, that they sort of came around to see me again. And it was after it was off the back of that one that they ordered my Christmas cards for their shops. Oh, okay. So that was going to be my question. I was going to ask what came first, the scribbler or the Christmas cards. So you'd already been selling Christmas cards at that point. So, yeah, so I had, uh, so that was top drawer, which was in the January. Um, I don't know what year that was. It was a couple of years ago now. So I had, done some Christmas cards and launched them and sold them in the December prior to that top drawer and then the top drawer in January they saw them and loved them um and it it takes their ordering process can take a while so I think it wasn't till sort of July or August that they actually ordered them but that was off the back of that that top drawer oh that's amazing so first of all you were selling them yourself and like yeah Okay. And um, so are you still selling um, with Scribbler now as well? Are they still taking wholesale orders? So they, so I'm still selling online. Uh, their business model has changed uh, a little bit. So they're mainly focused on online. But yes, you can still buy my Christmas cards and a couple of other cards uh, on, on their online site. So just search for This Mama Does uh, and there I am. Yeah, I'll put a link to that as well so people can find it super easily if they want to go and have a look at your Christmas cards. Although this episode will be going out in January, so might be late or maybe people can stock up for Christmas 2021. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so how do you sell your products anywhere other other than not on the high street and selling to wholesale? Do you sell, sell anywhere else, any other marketplaces? Yep, so I sell them on all bar mama which is uh, a marketplace for parent-run businesses so if you're looking to support parents with with their own businesses then it's a great place to check out all sorts of lovely stuff on there oh, thank you i sell there too actually i think it's a really nice marketplace and a really lovely community as a seller as well so i think if you're a parent and you sell products it's a really nice place to look at too yeah there's a really big kind of community aspect to it so definitely one to check out if you're as you say if you're a seller uh, or also if you're a customer do check it out because you know that your 
you're contributing to a family basically by buying from them yeah I think I agree it's really nice to be able to support small businesses particularly now when you know small, we're recording this just for context in November 2020 and it's also at the moment small businesses are having quite a hard time aren't they so it's nice that you can do that rather than buying everything on Amazon or wherever yeah absolutely you know it's not always possible to support small businesses but when you can it's a really important thing to do okay well thank you so much Christina I've got one final question before we finish up if that's okay which is what would your top advice be to someone else looking to start selling their own products and perhaps particularly someone maybe who's who has a business or has a job and wants to you know wants to do something on the side because I think um, as I said we haven't had anyone on in that situation as yet and I but I know plenty of people who who are kind of inspired but perhaps a little bit put off by the fact they have a day job or they have another business so I'd love you to talk to that if that's okay yeah I think really you just if there's something that you want to do just go for it give it a try you know maybe it won't work maybe it will Maybe it's something that can sit alongside whatever you're doing. Maybe it will overtake whatever else it is that you're doing. But you can make those decisions and decide how it can serve you in the best way. And that might be just in, that it, it's just a little extra thing that you do because you love it. And, you know, it lights you up in some way. You know, equally, you might decide that it's too hard and too much work and it doesn't sit alongside other things but at least you've done it then and you know and it's not that thing of oh I I wish I'd given that a whirl just give it a try do what you can do don't beat yourself up about how much time you're able to dedicate to it certainly don't compare yourself to other businesses because I think that's something that can be easy to do but you've just got to remember if it's a side hustle it's a side hustle you know you can't look at other people that are you know perhaps spending loads of money on PR or marketing or social media or you know product development and think oh but you know they're doing much better than me well they're just doing something different to you so I think you just have to go for it stay in your own lane and do it because you love it and if you don't love it then just don't do it anymore that's that's that I think that's that's all you can do really isn't it you know just give it a go and see where you end up I think that's brilliant advice thank you and I also think that if I think that there's also sort of a lot of pressure to have you know a side business side hustle but actually you could just do it for fun and of course you know hopefully you're going to make some money but it doesn't ever have to be a fully fledged business it doesn't ever have to be a part-time business let alone a full-time business yeah I think that if you've got the passion to do it um yeah do it and, and enjoy doing it and perhaps you know it doesn't matter if you don't want it to be as I say a, a huge business or even a small business and just do it for the fun of it I think that's exactly right. I think you just have to work out why it is that you want to do this. You know, perhaps it's the creative outlet that you that you need or perhaps it's a, you know, for a, an extra little income stream. Just figure out why it is that you want to do it. And then as long as it's serving whatever that need is, then great. That's brilliant. Thank you. And thank you so much for everything you shared today. I found your story really interesting. And I think that other people will as well, because, yeah, it's 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 really nice to 
hear that even though you did this as a sort of a as a small business it seems like you know you've done some big things um yeah I think it's really inspiring so thank you thank you so much for having me it's always nice to have a little reflect on the journey as well for me from my point of view so it's been really fun chatting today thank oh, you're you welcome I have to say I'm really struck by the fact that you say that you don't spend much time on it but when you look at everything you've done and all you've shared with us um you've done a lot so yeah I'm pleased that yeah you're able to reflect on that because yeah don't sell yourself short I think you've done an incredible amount thank you thank you it's I think when you're inside it it doesn't always feel like it but yeah it's been nice to, to think oh yeah no I have I have done some some pretty cool stuff <laughs> along the way oh well thank you so much thank you for having me it's been my pleasure Hi, thank you so much for listening. As always, I would absolutely love to know what you thought of this episode. Please do remember to rate and view the show and also, most importantly, subscribe so you don't miss out on any future episodes. And as a reminder, I release a new episode every single Friday. So take care and look forward to speaking to you again then. If you've been inspired to start a podcast in 2024, I really recommend my podcast host, Captivate. Captivate were my top pick when I started podcasting four years ago because of how easy it was for a complete novice like me to get started. I've stuck with them for the last four years because Captivate is still really simple to use. They keep adding great new features like the ability to share ads like these and they've just been really reliable. So when you're ready to start your own podcast, you can use the link in the show notes and get a free seven day trial with Captivate.